from the east coast and the sunny shores of South Carolina. Welcome to Dark Reality. We'll be discussing the unknown from cryptoids to conspiracy theories and unusual happenings. I'm your host, John Ringo. Welcome to Dark Realities. Good evening and welcome to Dark Reality. Tonight's subject, female serial killers. In the grim and gruesome history of all the world's serial killers, we rarely encounter the female kind, though they certainly exist and have committed their own horrendous crimes. Women don't often take to multiple murders, as in the U.S. only 15% of the nation's serial killers were female. There were many reasons why women are less drawn to serial killing than men much of it having to do with the motivation and psychology of the murders. Women tend to kill for gain or because they build a relationship with their victim. Men, on the other hand, need less provocation to kill, though it's rarer to find a female serial killer. It's no less disturbing. Here are a few of history's most murderous women. Aline Hornos, one of the most famous female serial killers known today. Aline Hornos was a prostitute that shot several men at point-blank range. Warnos claimed that the men raped her and she shot them in self-defense. Warnos was arrested for her crimes and sentenced to death by lethal injection. Warnos was an interesting case as she broke the pattern for most female serial killers who typically prefer low profile settings, and quieter methods in order to kill their victims. Warno's kills were more characteristic of male serial killings as she dispatched her victims in the open air and used a handgun. Rosemary West was part of a serial killing team with her husband, Fred West. Together, the two of them tortured and murdered at least nine young women over a 14-year period. Rosemary is also believed to have killed her eight-year-old stepdaughter. Police arrested the couple in 1994 and when they searched the West home, they found 
dismembered bodies of at least ten women buried in the garden and in the cellar. Rosemary was convicted of all ten murders, while Fred killed himself in prison before facing a trial. Rosemary is still currently serving life in prison. Amelia Dyer was a Victorian serial killer who took up the practice of baby farming where she would take unwanted babies usually from poor families in exchange for money. Dyer would also advertise her services as a babysitter in the newspaper. Rather than caring for the babies, Dyer would murder them by giving them drugs, neglecting to feed them, or by strangulation. Dyer's horrific actions were discovered by doctors and she was sentenced to six months of hard labor after which she promptly went back to killing babies this time getting rid of the evidence by throwing their bodies in the river in 1896 Dyer eventually confessed to her crimes and was hanged but only after murdering hundreds of infants Elizabeth Bathony was a Hungarian noblewoman who had a penant for torturing and murdering young girls Bathory married a count in 1575 and in his castle constructed a torture chamber which he would burn girls with hot tongs place them in tubs of freezing water stick needles under their fingernails and cover their bodies with honey and leave them in rooms filled with ants or bees Bethany gained a reputation as a vampire as she had a fascination with blood and was said to bathe in bathtubs filled with the blood of her virginal victims to preserve her youth. Bathany's crimes were eventually discovered in 1611 and she was charged with over 80 counts of murder. Leonarda Ciencia She was born in Italy in the 1930s. Leonarda ran a small shop. Here she killed three women with an axe after she believed the only way to save her children from danger foretold by a fortune teller was to make human sacrifices 
to dispose of the bodies, Leonardo boiled the remains in caustic soda. Leonardo was arrested and sentenced to 30 years in prison and time in a mental asylum. When it was discovered, she suffered from mania. One gruesome detail from the case is the fact that Leonardo made soap from the body of one of her victims, which he gave out to her neighbors. Juana Barzana, known as the little old lady killer, for the killings over 16 elderly women who were found strangled to death in Mexico City during the year of 2005. Juana's victims were strangled with objects such as telephone wire, pantyhose, and even a stethoscope. Juana's motivations for the crimes was due to trauma from abuse at the hands of her mother, which all of the victims resembled Juana, was convicted of 11 murders and gained the title of Mexico's most prolific serial killer. She remains in prison to this day. Jane Toppin was a nurse known so much for her bright, cheerful personality that she was nicknamed Jolly Jane Toppin would experiment with drugs such as morphine and astropine. Using her patients as guinea pigs, Toppin later moved on to poisoning selected victims, including her foster sister. When Toppin confessed to 31 killings in 1902, she was declared insane and locked in Tartan State Hospital for the rest of her life. Toppin claimed the reason she committed the crimes was because the man she loved rejected her and it was left a void in her life in which murdering filled Nanny Doss confessed to killing her four previous husbands using arsenic. When her latest husband's autopsy showed signs of poisoning, the one husband that got away was her first after a trip warned him about eating Doss's food. Doss also confessed to murdering her mother, sister, grandson, and mother-in-law, though she was only charged for the death of her husbands. Doss received a sentence of life in prison and died of leukemia in 1965. 
And now, the second story. Goblins. Goblins are small goblinoids that many considered little more than a nuisance. They had flat faces, broad noses, pointed ears, and small, sharp fangs. Their foreheads sloped back, and their eyes varied in color from red to yellow. Their skin color ranged from yellow through any shade of orange to a deep red, usually. All members of the same tribe shared the same color skin, though they also came in shades of green. Goblins were typically dressed in dark leathers, soiled by poor hygiene, and colored in similar range to tones of their skin. Goblins usually stood between three feet four and three feet eight, and weighed about 40 to 55 pounds on average. Goblins, like other goblinoids, had a commonly short temper. Leaders among the race often came to power through betrayal or aggression. Rather than by more peaceful means, or as clerics of the goblin gods, as such, members of the race were more easily provoked than individuals of most other races and often took sadistic pleasure in extracting revenge once crossed. Goblins who turned away from evil often found it difficult to overcome this short fuse and had a sense of greed that made difficult for them to act all secretly. Those that did often made use of their ill-gained talents as rogues or fighters. Though goblins had a poor reputation overall, not all goblins were dim-witted or evil. Some goblins have raised to become heroes, gaining enough renown to be accepted into civilized world of other, more commonly good, races. Those goblins seeking this path may have found it difficult to overcome their temper and greed, as well as their cultural influence of their brethren. But those who didn't often found it could be more rewarding in the long run, at least, to serve good rather than serve evil. Many goblins who left for a life among other races were females driven away by the rigid structured role 
they were expected to play others exacerbated goblins would try to recreate the circumstances of their culture preying on the weaknesses of others in non-goblin communities being bullied by bigger stronger creatures has taught goblins to exploit what few advantages they have sheer numbers and malicious ignuality the concept of a fair fight was meaningless in their society they favored ambushes overwhelming odds dirty tricks and any other edge they could devise goblins preferred to fight battles where the odds were in their favor and often fled or surrendered when outmatched goblins were elusive and nimble race which enabled them to slip away from danger more easily than most in combat goblins often used this advantage to sneak up on enemies and deal them a blow from behind and then slip away before they could be retaliated against when they had superior numbers in battles goblins would attempt to flank lone combatants goblins were known to fight with military picks morning stairs short swords slings and spears goblin society was tribal by nature goblin leaders were generally the strongest and sometimes the smartest around they also tended to have some of their tribe's best weapons goblins had little concept of privacy living and sleeping in large common areas only the leaders lived separately in their own private chambers as such goblin liars were often stinking and spoiled though easily defended when under assault many such liars would liar with simple traps for such purposes young goblins were taught from an early age to rely only on themselves and that their only goal was to survive they needed to be aggressive and ruthless to a goblin it didn't seem logical to treat others as well or better than they would treat yourselves rather they believed in preempted removal potential rivals 
before they could become a threat. Because of the violent nature of goblin culture, it was not uncommon for goblins to come under the domination of others from a larger, more physical, powerful culture. Most typically larger goblins such as hobgoblins or bug bears. Goblin settlements were typically very densely populated and filled with young goblin children. This was a part because goblin females were expected to birth as many children as possible to sustain the population constantly driven down by violence. However, young goblins did not outnumber adults as their lives often were at least as dangerous as those of the adults. The innermost chambers of goblin lairs were usually the most densely populated and well defended. Male goblins who were dominant in goblin society sustained the commonarity by raiding and stealing, sneaking into liars, villages, and even towns by night to take what they could. If supplies got short, goblins would even resort to eating members of their own race, including other goblinoids. Some goblin tribes were not above waylaying travelers on the road or in the forest and stripping them of their possessions. Goblins sometimes captured slaves to perform hard labor in the tribe's lair or camp. Goblins often inhabited temperate plains though many were known to live in caverns or even underground. Goblins primarily worshipped members of the goblinoid Pathanon, such as Maglubite in particular, who inspired them with his feats of strength and treachery. Following the spell plague and prior to the second sundering, however, the power of the Black Lord Bane grew and extended his power over Maglinbite, making the goblin god one of his arch enemies. Following the second sundering, Goblins again worshipped deities such as Maglobites and Chlorgargabons. Some goblins were known to be capable of speaking Oryx or Yip-Yak. 
goblins did not get along well with most other races and were particularly suspicious of all goblinoids. Goblins had a somewhat ambivalent relationship with orcs and half-orcs, whom they'd work with on occasion. But the only true allies of the goblin race were warks, who often acted as mounts and fighting companions for goblins. Hmm. Some goblins were even known to domesticate huge wolves and use them as mounts. I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody for tuning in to Dark Reality. Feel free to leave me a message and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye.